Hello, I am Vanessa Skinner, and this is the second installment of the Power of Planning podcast. Welcome back to those who had a chance to listen to our inaugural episode of the podcast in August. For those who are new, thank you for joining us. I'm an attorney with the firm of Winderweedle, Haynes, Ward, and Woodman, PA in Central Florida, and I chair my firm's wills, trusts, and estate department. I practice in the areas of estate planning, estate and trust administration, special needs planning, government benefits, guardianships, and elder law. This podcast is designed to empower and educate you with information about all aspects of planning, including estate planning and government benefits planning, such as Medicaid, special needs planning, retirement benefits planning, asset protection planning, tax planning, charitable giving planning, veterans benefits, and planning for lifetime incapacity. In the first episode, I laid the foundation for this series by asking the threshold question, what is an estate plan and why do I need one? I promised that in the upcoming episodes of the podcast, I would break down in more detail the various elements of a comprehensive estate plan. So today, I'm going to focus on the last will and testament, or will. Did you know that August was National Make-A-Will Month? It's a great annual reminder to create a will if you don't already have one or to update your existing will if needed. If you don't have a will, you're not alone. Consumer Reports conducted a national survey in April of 2022, which revealed that 72% of American adults ages 45 to 59 and 37% of those ages 60 and older do not have a will. What happens if you die without a will? That means you die intestate. If you die owning assets that are not jointly titled with anyone and you do not have beneficiaries designated, either pay on death or transfer on death beneficiaries designated, or those assets are not titled in trust, then those assets have to be probated. In future episodes of this podcast, I will do a deep dive into will substitutes, like those that I just mentioned, as well as discuss the probate process in detail. When there is an intestate probate administration, the laws of the state in which you live at the time of your death will dictate how your estate assets are to be distributed. For example, in Florida, if you die without a will and you are single without any children, all of your estate assets will be distributed equally to your parents, or if either of them is not then living, then all to the survivor of them. If your parents die before you do, then your assets will be distributed equally to your brothers and sisters. And if any of your siblings die before you, then that deceased sibling's share goes to their kids or your nieces and nephews. And if none of those people survive you, then the assets go back up the chain to your grandparents equally or all to the survivor of them. And if you don't have any grandparents, then the assets go to your aunts and uncles equally or for a deceased aunt or uncle, their kids, your cousins. If you are married and have no children, or if your children are also the children of your spouse, then your spouse inherits everything. 
However, clients of mine are often surprised to learn that if you die without a will and you were married, but this is a second marriage and you have children from your first marriage, then your spouse only gets half of your estate here in Florida and your children from your first marriage get the other half. Now, wouldn't you rather be the one to decide who receives your hard-earned assets at your death instead of having your state decide for you? If you die without a will, the laws of your state will also determine who gets to serve as your executor or personal representative. This is the person who is charged with handling the probate of your estate which is the court-supervised proceeding that establishes the validity of your will, if you have one, and oversees the distribution of your assets and the payment of your debts. Again, I'll be dedicating an entire episode of this podcast to the probate process and spotlight how and why we try to avoid it. When I'm meeting with my estate planning clients for the first time, they will often say, I want a will so I can avoid probate. Actually, it's the exact opposite. Assets that flow under the will have to be probated. Although a will does not avoid a probate of your estate, it does serve several important purposes. It transfers your wealth at your death, and that includes tangible assets, like clothing, furnishings, jewelry, vehicles, boats, etc. Intangible assets like stocks and bonds and cash and real property, your home and other property that you may own, vacation property, rental property. The will also gives you the ability to nominate who you want to be your executor or personal representative of your estate. And Additionally, gives you the opportunity to outline who you want to be guardian of your children if you have minor children who survive you. A very critical decision that obviously is the toughest decision for a parent to make. Who is going to be the caregivers of their minor kids when they die? No one wants to have a court or their state's laws dictate who that person will be. As a parent, you know your children best. You also know who is best suited to raise them in your absence. This is such a personal decision that illustrates a critical reason for having a will. There are different types of wills depending on the type of estate plan that you develop. A simple will directs that assets are to be distributed outright to your beneficiaries upon your death. A will with a testamentary trust, and that simply means a trust established under a last will and testament, that's how it gets its name, testamentary, provides that a trust or trusts are established for one or more beneficiaries, and the will outlines the terms of those trusts at your death and how and when the beneficiary is to receive those assets and who will serve as trustee to administer that trust. A pour-over will is a will that is prepared when an estate plan includes a revocable trust. 
If any assets have to be probated, they are poured over and added to the trust through the probate process. A contemporary and famous example of a pour over will is Naomi Judd's last will and testament, which was the subject of a number of news reports last month. The legendary country music singer died in April 2022, and it was reported that she did not name her daughters, Winona, also a legendary country music star, and Ashley, a famous actress, in her will, thereby suggesting they were effectively disinherited. Although this may not, in fact, be the case. Naomi's will apparently designates her husband of more than 30 years, Larry Strickland, as executor of her estate. The will grants Larry, as executor, full authority and discretion to deal with and administer any real property comprising an asset of her estate without the approval of any beneficiaries, the court, or the disclosure of the identity of any beneficiary of the estate. This language in and of itself does not disinherit Naomi's daughters. She merely named her longtime husband as executor and granted him very standard powers that are typically granted to an executor under a will. The will further provides that Larry is entitled to reasonable compensation as executor and will be paid for expenses in connection with the administration of the estate. Again, these are all standard terms. Naomi's will appears to be a pour-over will because it mentions the Naomi Ellen Judd Living Trust. Nothing has been reported in the press about the terms of her trust. This is not surprising because trusts are normally private instruments. That's one of the key benefits to having a trust. And the dispositive terms of the trust are not filed with the court, whereas wills do get filed. Therefore, it is highly possible that even though Winona and Ashley were not named in Naomi's will, they were named as beneficiaries of her trust. I'll be curious to see if we hear anything further about Naomi's estate and trust in the press in the future. An attorney can help you determine which type of will is appropriate for you based on your circumstances and your estate planning goals, regardless of which type of will you ultimately wind up having, the most important thing is that you have one. No estate plan is complete without it. Thank you for your time and for tuning in today. Stay tuned for future episodes of this podcast, wherein I'll do a deep dive on the other elements of the estate plan and introduce you to some of my favorite folks who will speak on aspects of the planning process. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you in the weeks and months to come.